Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your book. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, Vice President of the Author Incubator, Jen McRobbie. Hello, So I'm glad we made it in time, and I see that Sherry O'Loughlin, our our uh, author for the day, is on the phone. So let me just quickly um, go through our um, regular intro, which is that Book Journeys Radio is a time to speak to accomplished authors who've gone from just having an idea for a book to a finished book and who are out making a difference in the world. And Sherry O'Loughlin is definitely one who is making a huge difference in the world. Her book is titled Life from the Ashes, Finding Signs of Hope After the Loss of Your Child. Sherry, welcome to, welcome to the show. Hi, Jen. Thank you. Nice to be here. Uh, thanks for, for bearing with me, and I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to chat a bit before we were on here, but it's going to make things um, super interesting for everyone listening, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> no problem. So, so can you tell um, our listeners what your book is about and who it's for? Sure. Um, uh, just about four and a half years ago, uh, my 14-year-old son was killed in an airplane crash. Um, and like most parents out there, um, I, I lived my life in, in a way that I um, had my days the way I wanted them and, you know, felt a certain level of control over my life, I think, as we all do. And uh, it was right. um, beyond shocking to have on a regular summer day uh, the information come to me that this most tragic experience that none of us could ever fathom, even want to imagine, actually had happened to me. And it was the last thing in the world I could have ever imagined experiencing. And so the book yeah. itself is about um, both our tragedy, what happened to us in that loss, Um, But it's also a book of hope and healing because the journey that began after that was um, horrendous and dark and uh, the scariest thing really a person can imagine. But unexpectedly, there was also um, miracles and beauty and different things that came with it that I wanted to help share so that, and this is who the book is written for um, primarily, so that other parents who may find themselves in the same circumstance might have help in seeing an alternative um, perspective, you know, of finding some hope along the way. I I can't even imagine the the depth of the terror and sadness and loss. And was it hard to recall all of that when you were writing the book? I mean, this is a really like tender topic. How how did you access <laughs> these memories without breaking down? Yeah, and you know the adjectives you use are really good. They're really apt and um, appropriate. And I would just also say the shock. Um, you can't imagine the shock of that experience as well. And, and quite a bit of the journey afterwards is just working through that experience that we don't really um, live in the way we think. We have influence of our lives, but we don't have the type of control we think. And sometimes life does shock us like that in a way we can't imagine. So 
in writing the book, um, I wrote it just shortly right before the four-year anniversary for us, and I'm not sure I could have written it any sooner. Um, It was really painful actually going back through my story. That was an important part of it was to share authentically because people can't understand the hope and healing if they don't understand what we went through. They're they're intertwined. Um, And I wasn't sure I wanted to write the book when I kind of had to face going through my story again. But um, knowing how much it might help people, knowing that it was a book that had I had access to after I lost my child, it would have helped tremendously. Knowing these things helped me to dig deep and go through and access those feelings. And um, that's what kept me going. Is uh, it, it, we, we kind of think of it as something that doesn't happen very often, but if you you know, know some of the organizations like the Compassion of Friends organization that's out there and see how many people do lose a child, one of the worst losses you can right. have. It's lots of us. And so I, knowing how that might help so many people allowed me to dig deeper and, and do that. And there was a cathartic process and something that was, you know, therapeutic for me in doing it. I can't say that it made it easier, <laughs> but right. Um, <laughs> But there was some some of that in there, so <laughs> that that was a good outcome of it. I, I can imagine. I mean, the the catharsis. I think a lot of writers and authors, when whether they write about something personal or not or not, they definitely feel that catharsis. But I love how you were able to turn your pain into a message of service, Sherry. That yeah. um, that is phenomenal to me and I, I commend you on that because you know I'm a mother and I, I cannot even imagine um, what those four years were like and and I feel very grateful that I have your book to let me know <laughs> that there's mm-hmm. hope yes yes and it, it's interesting what you say because I, I had a period well and I want to emphasize I'm not done at four or four and a half years you know grief of, a, of, of any grief is a long journey, but grief of a child is a forever journey, and it it mm. comes back newly every time you hit a new stage that life was supposed to be one way, and now it's not. Mm. So it's a journey, uh. um, but helping other people certainly helps me on my journey, and that's one of the reasons I chose to write it. Um, I remember around 15 uh, months, you know, in working with my grief counselor, and I was sort of at my end and I just remember telling him and I speak about this a little bit in the book I told him I you know I cry every day I cry all hours of every day I I don't know where to go from this like I can't live this life but but I can't stop my grief it's it's natural there's it couldn't be otherwise and that started me on a path of gratitude and trying to find the hope and the meaning and I just knew for me personally if I just sat with loss and loss and loss I would you know, it would end me. I have two other beautiful children and I wanted to live for them and for us. And that's why this path of hope helped me. If I can help some other people that at least gives some meaning and something that I can contribute back that, that helps make something of this loss in a, in a very strange way. No, I don't think it's strange at all, Sherry, but I I think it's, uh, it is a calling. Yeah. I believe that that when when tragedy strikes, you are able to rise 
to that call to help others. And, and of course, in the process, we help ourselves, right? Um, but I, I just, I find that both fascinating and amazing. And I can't imagine, was there a, a definite time when you said to yourself, I'm going to write a book about this? Or did it sort of just come up organically? <laughs> no, not at all. It came up organically. And in fact, um, I resisted it quite a bit because um, oh. this is, you know, this this was sharing the most tragic experience and moments of my life, as well as some of the most personal and sacred. And so when I started to yeah. feel this calling and hear it, I thought, are you crazy? No way am I. <laughs> sharing this information like I don't even want to talk about it much less share it but if we really are in tune with whatever you want to call it our higher power our inner wisdom our souls we when things call they call and we can ignore them or Mm. we and they will we will be reminded louder and louder (laughs) so as time went on I I tried to embrace and just say well why would I be called to write this and what might this mean and um, this, this is something you and I actually haven't had a chance to talk about yet, Jen, but I actually lost a sister growing up very tragically as well. And this was a long oh. time ago. It was in ni- 1975. And times were very different then. It was a lot more of, uh, at least where I was raised and in the culture I was in, which was in the Midwest and Irish, German, right. Catholic. And and it was oh, yeah. a lot more about, um, you don't talk about those things you just move on, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and put that behind you. Mm. And there was a lot of pain caused by those sorts of interpretations. And I know the pain it caused my family. I know the pain it caused others, lifelong pain and, and what it did to my mother to not be able to, to speak about or find hope or find meaning or find purpose through that. And mm. And that was some of my calling was that if I had experienced both of these things, I felt a a calling to share with other people. There's a different way to do this. We can't help what happened. There's nothing that can change that. And and that's one of the most despairing parts. But what we do afterwards and how we look at it and how we speak about it and how we find meaning in this world through it, that can be really different. So that's what helped me to answer the calling when I thought, no, not a chance. I don't want to yeah. talk about this. So I, I don't blame you. And I, I hope that you now, you know, through the eyes of your clients and your readers, you find solace in, in, in that grief, but, you know, for the loss of your sister. And well, I don't think we've told the, the listeners, your son's name is Connor. Yeah. Um, and so the, the, the loss yep, of your sister and Connor. And so um, I, I just, I mean, how do you decide what to write, Sherry? <laughs> when there's, well, I would imagine there's a lot <laughs> that you could have covered that you chose not to. So how do you decide between topics? Well, that's a really good question. When I first decided to, and spoke to Angela at the author incubator about writing the book. I still wasn't entirely sure what it would comprise. And I probably had four books within that, that could have been written and in talking <laughs> definitely. And in, and I think there's more to come for sure. Cause one book definitely doesn't, doesn't cover it, but in right. through Angela's coaching and just through talking and really thinking about it, I realized that there are many 
books written um, sort of for the acute grief stages. There's a lot of resource and support mm. books out there. How do you find the compassionate friends? How do you find grief groups around suicide or around tragedy or accident or whatever? And there's a lot written about the first year. A little bit, I think, like parenting. There's books galore about that first year after you have a baby, but then beyond that, you're on your own a little more in this, this year of <laughs> right. that experience as well. And so um, there was not a lot out there about how do you live with this long term? How do you, you know, how do you choose life when you don't want to and can't find the way, but you want to? Right. And what do you do with that? And then also, what about the whole um, spiritual side? You know, there's all of these. Right. There are many cultures who, who understand what happens after we die in a different way than our Western culture does. And so... After I lost my sister, you know, very based in a lot of Western principles, it's sort of they're gone, it's done, it wasn't meant to be, that's all there is, you put it behind you, and and there's so many other ways to see it. So knowing there wasn't much that I could find out there, um, I wanted to focus on after that first year, more about living and creating a life, a a vibrant life, and I wanted Mm. to focus on more about well what really does happen do we is that relationship over why do other cultures you know speak about taking that relationship with them and having it inform their life and grow their life and enrich their life and that was the two things that helped me frame sort of what might go into this book particularly yeah such a such a good idea to take all of the existing knowledge of the world, right, and apply it yeah. to our own situations instead of ignoring it like we often do, right? Right, right. There's so much richness out there, and we don't always have access to it, and then we're really limited in how we see it, and it doesn't heal. It doesn't help. Right, exactly. Well, I, I was just looking at something amazing, and I realized that you – wrote this book in one of the three days to done programs that Angela had. Is that yes. really true? <laughs> yes. You wrote this book in three days. Well, four. We added on one extra day for me because I was a new author <laughs> who hadn't done it and because this is really a big a big book and a big topic. So it was technically three days to done, which was four days, but still it was um it was a priority for me as well. Yeah, when she told me, I thought, I know you know what you're doing, but I don't think you know this one. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, in a way, it was the only way I think I could have written this book because this book is really, um, it's a love story to my son, who is a beautiful, amazing right. child. We, I should have, she said we didn't introduce him yet. I want to speak a little bit more about his life, not just his death. Please do. Um, but it. It's a love story to him. He was an amazing, all of my children are amazing. There's not, he's not more amazing because he's not here. There's no comparison. I'm just speaking <laughs> of him right now because he's a topic, you know, it's what led the book. But we had a beautiful relationship in life, um, so close. And he was a really uh, old soul and a deep person and just someone that, you know, people always enjoyed being around and made you feel calm and centered and good and, never really, um, you know, he, he just led a really good life and I never could have imagined him not here. And, um, similarly, I want to mention that he, uh, the airplane crash was a a private airplane. Uh, he and his very close friend had gone on a four day vacation to Sedona, Arizona from Albuquerque, New Mexico. And the friend's Mm -hmm. father was a pilot and they had, 
um, through four days of wonderful fun and amazing times, and the plane crashed upon takeoff on the way home. So, um, yes, and so also all three were amazing people, and also uh, the, his friend who was also named Connor was also an um, amazing and wonderful young man. Um, so I digressed a little bit. I, I apologize, but um, no, this that's book not a is, digression at all. <laughs> this yes, it's very important information. I just snuck it in, in a, or it put is. it in in a strange place. <laughs> but um, this book is a love story to Connor's life, to who he was, to who he and I were as a mother and child. You know, I had so many people afterwards, thankfully, say things like, you know. But nobody could ever doubt the love you two had for each other. It was evident in everything yeah. you did. And, you know, I dug in in mud holes with him and I shared his, <laughs> you know, laying on, on our backs in a sleeping bag out in the in the middle of nowhere, staring up at the stars overnight and talking about the constellations and we gardened together. And the book is somewhat attributed to this beautiful love story that existed and I don't want to ever leave. And then it's also a love story of my family and the community right. that rallied around us and of my daughters um, who are with me, you know, here physically now. And, and also Wonderful. a love story to my son in spirit and the relationship that continues as I do feel his presence in a way I never felt with my sister because that wasn't the way we understood it. So it's a love story about all of those right. things. And, um, I don't think I could have possibly done any of that in a 90-day program or a six-month book rating or a two-year or a three-year oh, book rating God. because that just there was so much to come out and it was deep and challenging and so the only way I think I could have done it was a program like this where I really set aside the rest of life for those four days and I went in deep and I had to come in and out but not in the way I would if I had to stop and drive here and go to this meeting and do the laundry and do the dishes and go grocery shopping. I don't think I could have ever written that right. kind of book in that anything less than that program. So. Yeah. I can't even imagine that, but you know, I mean, let, let's be honest, you know, you wrote all of the meat in four days, but then there is yeah. an editing process that takes place after that. How was that process for you? Um, definitely there's an editing process and I was grateful for that because the, I mean, I, the four <laughs> days was really a marathon. I mean, I was absolutely exhausted afterwards, a, a bit like childhood, happy as can be, but, but unbelievable, you know, it, it's, it takes everything from you. So the, thankfully the program, the way it works is you usually set it aside for two or three weeks before you even come back to it. And I really needed to do that. Mm, and then when I came good. back, uh, there were, there were so many things I wanted to do with it. Um, there were definitely, I, I didn't want any villains in the story. I didn't want, this book wasn't about um, accidents and investigations and fault and what, it's just, it wasn't the place for it. There's nothing beautiful that grows from that. It really was about all the, the amazing, yeah, the amazing things that come. So I, in the editing process, I did a lot of trying to, you know, just refine that language and make sure it was always to spread beauty and good in the world and nothing less and honoring all around. And there was, um, I sort of got the framework of the story, but I had so many beautiful anecdotes and stories 
that I wanted to put in, and that came in the editing process where I went, oh, yeah, I forgot about the butterflies, mm. and, oh, I forgot about this coin, and, and then I could put that right. in, and I was able to add more client stories in to enrich it and help people see it, not just from my point of view, but from the many other parents who experience some of these same things and find beauty and meaning in it, and that's when the book became richer. Um, was through that process. And, and I must say, in all truth, the, the one section I, I couldn't edit quite as much was the beginning part. That's the story that every time, uh, yeah. every time I read my own book, I <laughs> cried and I just didn't want to keep doing that. So I sort of did, a, did an editing of that and then also handed that over to someone else to review. And then I kept at the other stuff because it, it, it took, you know, it's a birthing every time that I did it. I, I can imagine. And I'm sure it's, it's a form of birthing every time you recall the story for your clients yes. or your, mm-hmm. your readers or, even our listeners yeah. here. So so give everyone a little bit of hope now, Sherry, and, and let them know what's the best thing that's come out of writing this book. Can I do two things? <laughs> Please. That would be okay. that is super hopeful right there. I love it. <laughs> yes. Well, um, the, the two things I would say are this. One is, um, you know, as I said, sharing such a personal story um, was challenging. So even after I went through all of the writing and all the editing, all the preparing, on launch day there was still a part of me that said, "Oh my gosh, wait a minute, just kidding. I I don't think I want to do this. Can I stop?" <laughs> um, because it's so um, personal and so exposing. And so one of the most right. beautiful things that has come from the book is how many people it's helped. I've gotten so many mess- mm. either personal messages or on my Facebook or there's some on Amazon.com right on the review section that I didn't even ask people to write and all of a sudden show up. And, and it was constantly the same message of thank you so much for being brave enough to share it. Thank you. This helped me so much. Um, you know, I, 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 I live differently now because of this. I see differently now because of this. And mm. what was really interesting was it's not only parents who have lost a child. Um, I've had so much feedback that it, anybody who's experienced significant loss, which is really all of us in our time, we do, has yes. <laughs> found their own meaning through it. It doesn't have to be a book just about the loss of a child. And people have found other other parts as well. They've said things like, I really live my life to the fullest now and, and live in a different uh, way, both because I can understand how fast tragedy can happen and your life changes in an instant without your permission, and because I see the beauty of taking steps when you don't think you can possibly get up again and finding the beauty and the hope. So that has been one of the most beautiful things to come is, is it took a lot of bravery, an immense amount of bravery, and I have criticism because of it. Some people say, don't write a book about your son died. That's, like, terrible, you know. So <laughs> right. it was so, um, so, and I only did it for one reason, not for any exposure, not for any glory, but to help others, the type of help that wasn't there that I would have liked. And so that kind of feedback knowing how many people it's helped and it's not even been out in print yet just is one of the most wonderful things. And the second thing I would say is I talk a lot in the book about um, having signs from my son and being surprised at that. Again, as I mentioned with my Mm. sister, we we didn't even, you know, it was never talked about again. The things were put away except a few pictures and it it wasn't at all seen in the same light. So that can be a... right a tricky topic to talk about because I didn't know if others had experienced that. And I wanted, 
I know when I would go to a compassionate friends meeting, uh, one thing I could say for sure is the parents who had experienced signs from their child were healing better and the ones who didn't desperately wanted to. That was clear across the board. And when I heard other parents talk who had signs, I, I didn't think they were crazy parents who were just trying to create some sort of hope for themselves. And so when it started to happen to me, I knew um, that I really wanted to share it with others since I had experienced tragic loss in both ways. And one of the most surprising things was as soon as I started to speak about it, boy, did people come out of the woodwork and tell me their stories. And many, many, many people have had signs from their loved ones in spirit, and not just children, their mothers, their fathers, their sisters, their friend who died tragically in an accident at 16. I mean, I... People just keep telling me these stories and want to talk about it and are grateful that somebody else opened the door wow. to talking about it because it's the hope and healing that we look for and we all need. So those are two two things that surprised me and were really beautiful outcomes of the book. I mean, that that, it, that alone, if, if anyone listening has a, has a sad or, or tragic story to share, you know, those two things alone should, I hope, encourage you to get out there and and write your story down because learning to see the light in not only your tragedy, but in other people's, I mean, Sherry, Mm -hmm. that's, that's immeasurable, right? Yes, it is. It is. There's part of the coaching work I do is helping. I, I, I do general coaching work of all times, but the specialty I do now is helping people who have experienced loss, trauma, or tragedy. And it's twofold. It's mm. navigating the really dark part of the journey, which is real and painful and can't be avoided by any means. Um, but then yes. transforming that pain into new energy and new directions and new life. And that's really where um, hope is. And the, right. re- the reality is... Um, the darker something is when we can go through it and fully experience it, no matter how much we are just trying desperately to flee it, but we can't if we go through it and we really feel it and experience it. When we do begin to move through it and to the other side, there's amazing light there. And we actually are better people than before we started. I would never say take my son away so I can be a better person. Of course not. I want my son right here by my side. But without the choice, and that being my reality, um, both for myself and the clients I've worked with and the many parents I know from Compassionate Friends and the Children's Grief Center who have lost children, oftentimes tragedy and trauma do create, make us better people. We find light and we find new life. And when we Mm -hmm. can get to that place, which is what I help others do in my coaching um, we can do amazing things in life. And then it's not just about what happened to us. It's about what do we do with that and who do we want to become right. when we can't change it. Right. I, I think that's, oh, boy, that's the key right there. Who do we want to become? Mm-hmm. And I think that that applies to everybody, whether you have had um, a loss or you, you know, stubbed your toe this morning. Who do you want to become today? Yeah. So, Sherry, can you tell the listeners how they can find you? Absolutely. Um, my website is www.sherryolachlan.com. It's spelled S-H-A-R-I-O-L-O-U-G-H-L-I-N. Um, it's in a little right. bit of transition right now, but that's okay. It's, uh, all the meat is there. You can get the gist of it. Um, my book is um, on 
Amazon.com right now in ebook format, and the reviews there. You can read the background about it as well as the book itself, and it will be coming out in print uh, in the new year. Um, you can email me as well. My email is sherry at sherryolachlan.com, and I love to answer emails. And I'd love to talk to anybody, as you said, who may want to <laughs> um, find out more about how to take their circumstances and either navigate the dark pieces if it's newer or start to transform that energy into something new um, or just who wants to talk about living life a little bit more in alignment with our vision and goals, which is what we often choose to do after tragedy because we sort of see life in a really different way. Right. Although I have to tell you that I find a little bit of humor in the fact that you're, uh, you say your website is in transition and you're a transitional or transformational life nurse coach. <laughs> yes, well, so that's I what I'm going to say. It's in transformation right now. <laughs> she is living her transformation, people, so reach out. Sherry, I this feel like true. we could talk for days, and I'm so sad that we're coming to the end of our time, but... I hope I can have you back on the show after your book comes out in print so that we can tell everyone um, about the even larger impact you've been making um, when that time comes. I would love that. That would be terrific. I'm excited about it. Uh Great. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening in to another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we talk to authors about um, going from an idea to making a difference in the world using a book. Thank you so much. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com.